Hey, this is Paul Ray from False Prophet, and you're listening to Misery Point Radio, man. brand new year of misery i don't know how and i don't know why but you managed to survive the wasteland crawling your way through the sludge fighting your way through the desolation and emerging from the darkness only to find yourself forsaken here with me again in the no man's land that is misery point radio and for that i thank you i don't know about you but i for one am looking forward to 2020 as i've got a lot of new coals on the fire this year some badass new things for the show that I'm not going to reveal just yet, but let's just say I've been planning some new shit for a while that I hope to start delivering on over the next few months. And speaking of new things, today's guest, a very special guest, returns to the show after close to a year to discuss some new adventures, some new stories, and some new magic from the land of the prophets. And of course, I'm talking about none other than Paul Ray from old school death metal pioneers, False Prophet. Now, it's no secret by now that I'm a huge fan of False Prophet. Paul and his band of miscreant metal slingers have been regular guests on Misery Point Radio. Shout out to Scott Pavarnik and Craig Gillespie as well. And today, Paul is here to discuss what's new in the Prophet camp, including the new EP, which marks the first new recorded material in almost 30 years, the recent tour with legendary Florida death metal band Obituary, and the reunion with mystical OG drummer Raymond Martin, who returns to the fold after almost 100 years. And if there's one thing about Paul, he speaks the brutal, unfiltered truth. Never one to sugarcoat his words, he spills the goods on what's been going on with False Prophet over the last year and what we have to look forward to in the future. So put down your Bible, turn off the Christmas music, and change out of that stupid sweater your better half made you wear. And start the year off right by checking out this killer conversation with a living legend. You're welcome. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. And I'm chatting today once again with Paul Ray from False Prophet. Paul, thanks for joining me again today on the show. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. So did you guys uh, did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, everything was good, man. Other than, you know, everybody got sick on the tour, so I'm still recovering. <laughs> you just have to bear with me. <laughs> right on. Did all you uh, Prophet guys get together and, you know, go to church and celebrate Jesus and all that stuff? Yeah, in, in our own little special way. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, there's there's so much stuff going on with you, especially since the last time uh, you and I sat down and chatted. It's it's hard to know where to start, but I guess uh, since you brought it up, let's just talk about your uh, recent tour with Obituary. You guys spent just about two weeks with them uh, on the East Coast Riding Run Tour. Was that just absolutely insane or what? Yeah, man, it was crazy. Um, it was really, um, really wasn't expected. Um God had talked to Terry and um, he had mentioned they were going to do like a little short run and we just kind of threw our name in the hat like, well, hey, you know, I want some who would be interested and, you know, we kind of figured, yeah, okay. And, um, you know, next thing we heard, they were interested in us opening for them and um, a little negotiating back and forth, you know, we were able to pull it off, man. I mean, those guys were fucking awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. So uh, Scott's friendship with Terry and just kind of random shit happening, and all of a sudden you guys are you guys are on the bill. Was that kind of a, a short notice thing? 
Yeah, I mean, we've played with obituary quite a bit. I mean, you know, doing the local opening things around Greensboro, Chapel Hill, Raleigh. So, I mean, it's not like they're not familiar with us, but, right. you know, for them to kind of go out of their way to put us on this tour when they probably could have just got somebody that was a little bit more well-known and just, you know, it could it probably could have been easier on their end than dealing with us. You know what I mean? Like, they could have just went and got a, an established band and said, hey, you want to do a two-week run? Sure. You know, instead of, you know, working it out with us. I mean, so, you know, like on my behalf, I felt like they kind of went out of their way to put us on this tour. So, you know, it was really appreciated. Yeah, well, I mean, considering all the stuff you guys have going on, I definitely would consider profit in the established band category, just for the record. You guys are you guys are all over the place right now doing tons of killer stuff. Yeah, but, you know, we don't have any label support, you know, or, you know, we have, you know, we we deal with Heaven and Hell, which is a small label. So, you know, we're not like on this massive label like a lot of the older guys. And, you know, we don't have the management and everything, you know, other bands do. So, you know, we're kind of doing things ourselves. But, yeah. you know, we learned that Obituary does a lot of that stuff themselves, too. I mean, they kind of keep a lot of stuff in-house, which was kind of cool to see that. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome when, when bands can kind of stay self-contained. Number one, from a business standpoint it kind of makes the business more profitable. But, you know, from a management standpoint, you don't have that lack of communication that you sometimes get when you have intermediaries kind of bounce around in the middle, fucking up the communications, <laughs> you know, not getting the messages out to people. Yeah. So that's awesome. So yeah. what was the, uh, what was that tour like for you? Kind of give me the day to day. How did it start? How did it end? Um, I mean, it was a little rough at first. I mean, you know, we had to drive from basically uh, Greensboro to Florida and um, do our first show. And, um, you know, the first couple shows, you know, you always have, like, the technical difficulties. Yeah. So the first three shows were a little rough technical-wise. I mean, our playing, it was okay. Um, but technical difficulties were killing us. You know, we don't have a sound man. We're trying to work with a house guy. I mean, we had incidences like where the, our intro's running, and they just cut it the fuck off. So we're all, we're all standing there. You know, like, you know, I'm trying to get Raymond to start. Just start the fucking song. Just start it. And, you know, just stupid shit like that, man. You know, poor monitors or just, you know, plus we were the middle band, so we're not getting, like, a sound check. We're doing, like, a quick line check. And um, uh, after about two or three shows, we finally started kind of pushing for a little bit better check at the beginning of the day because we were kind of getting our ass handed to us with technical shit. But sure. I mean, you know, other than that, man, it was great. You know, playing was pretty good. Um, by the end of the, sh you know, in the run, of course, our playing were tighter. You know, and y'all, you also have to remember, like, this is Ray. That was Raymond's second show with us on the tour. You know, he came in and played one show with us, which we opened for Obituary in a Bath, and we got the offered that tour. So, like, he he only played one show with us. And right to the tour. Um, yeah, pretty much right to a tour. And I mean, we had like a couple of practices, but he lives in Florida now and we're in Greensboro. So he came in, um, trying to think when he came, he came in and practiced with us right before the tour. We went through the set and, um, then he drove back to Florida, took his kit with him. And then we came in like, you know, a few days later with our gear. Right. And, um, but as far as, like, you know, playing ability, man, everybody was on top of their game. There was just a lot of 
technical difficulties. I know, like, um, we played a place, the place we played in Georgia, um, like, for some reason, I don't know if they were trying to push the subs or push something, but the monitors kept blowing out. So, like, obituary sound check, they blew the monitors out. They're, like, just keeps flipping the breakers. And then um, Station AD, they do their sound check. They blow the monitors, too. Of course, you know, we're hoping they fix all this shit before we play. And, you know, we're going through our set at the, you know, we didn't get a sound check. We did a quick line check. And, um, and of course, our last song, we blow the monitors. And, uh, <laughs> but we did it live. So we were the only band. Everybody else blew them, you know, during sound check. We blew it live. And I was like, God damn it. And, um, you know, it's just little shit like that, man. But for the most part, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. And you guys did uh, two shows back-to-back at St. Vitus, right? Yes, we did. Uh, how was that, man? Was that just out of control? It's awesome, man. Vitus is a cool place, man. I mean, I've played there before, and um, we're going back in January. Yeah. Got that and monstrosity I mean, gig coming up. You know, the only thing that kind of sucked is a small place. And, like, I think it was Thursday. I think we did Thursday and Friday there. And, um... So Thursday, they actually had another band playing before obituary. So we actually had to go in, sound check, and then tear everything down. Another band came on and played. And then we had to go back in, (laughs) set everything back up, and then, you know, it was kind of... I've never heard of a teardown mid-set before. That's kind of strange. Yeah, I I was kind of shocked at, you know, like, a bit, you know, a band as big of, of as obituary, you know, like them having two big shows on one day. It was just kind of odd. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> a really, really and hectic day, but, um, the next day was a lot better. We set up, stayed up and, um, you know, everything ran smooth. The sound sound guy there is really awesome, man. I've dealt with him before. So he's, you know, he's a stand up dude. So like we had no issues technically or anything. Yeah, I've I've actually heard a lot about those house guys and some of those clubs, and he knows metal pretty well from what I understand, so he's able to probably dial in a tone for you pretty quick. Yeah, those guys are good. Most of the time, man, these really good clubs are, you know, pretty cool. You know, they know their shit. Um, I think we had our biggest problem actually in our hometown, Greensboro, which, you know, that was kind of a clusterfuck because they got a shitty sound man there. <laughs> nice. Did you guys, uh, so were you all on the same bus? Was there like 35 dudes on this one bus or, uh, how did that tour work? We were on the same bus. I think there was, uh, there was five in obituary, six, seven. There was 11 of us plus the bus driver. So, ah, that's nuts. Who's the, who is the craziest motherfucker on that bus? I don't know. It probably had to be between Ken and Trevor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) T- Terry's the the almighty voice of reasoning when shit goes bad and there has to be an executive decision made about who gets off the bus. It's usually Terry. Oh yeah, <laughs> was he throwing people off? Well, not throwing them off. He was politely asking them to leave. And <laughs> <laughs> as far as band members or random people that showed up on the bus, man, it was both. Um, you know, um. You know, of course, in their hometown and stuff, you know, there's a lot of shit going on. Um, and then, you know, some of the other towns and shit, they, you know, had people, they had family that they knew and they would come hang out and shit. That's cool. And um, I think Obituary had a couple of maybe overzealous fans that um, 
like didn't know when to leave. Like, ah, I gotcha. I mean, they were cool and they were nice and all, but you know, sometimes you still want your personal space because like I said, there's like 11 people on this bus and there's really not a whole lot of privacy, man. And, and you know, they're really down to earth guys. Like they're not eccentric or assholeish or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> they're just like us, man. You know, they want their privacy. Right. They want a long time. You know, they're cool with hanging out and you know, we are too, but sometimes you just kind of like, okay, you've been here all day. It's, Time to go. You Time know? to go, fools. And so there was, you know, a few fans that didn't get that, man. That it's, you know, it's two in the morning. You probably need to go. <laughs> well, and Terry's a big dude, too. So I'm sure a couple of couple of nice words and away you go. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys had a couple of days off uh, towards the end of that tour. What, what did you do to decompress out there? Um, Actually, the first day was probably the coolest. Um got like an Airbnb um, in Virginia where we could park the bus. And um, basically the guys in the bitch where he cooked out for us, man. I mean, like we woke up in the bus. We're in Virginia. Um, Trevor was getting the grill together, you know. You know, and, you know. In, in the meantime, you know, the boundaries are breaking down. You know, people are kind of loosening up. You're, you know, you're kind of talking more personal and shit. So, sure. Like me and Trevor got to talking about cars and shit and cooking and like I you know, I come to find out he does all this like barbecuing and all this shit and we're so we're talking about that and I'm like, God damn dude, you know. So he like, you know, Trevor goes out, cooks burgers, dogs, steaks, all this shit and and John he makes like uh these margaritas and shit and we're you know, none of us <laughs> Since none of us have eight, you know, we're all ready to get a goddamn buzz and shit. And, you know, we're hanging out with Ken. Ken, I, you know, Ken's like the Christmas dude. It was so funny, you know. Uh, Ken kind of had his stuff set up in a little room in the Airbnb. And he's got like all these Christmas tunes coming in. I'm like, damn, dude, what? He's like, man, I love Christmas. I just fucking love Christmas. And I was like. So you guys were literally listening to Christmas music. Yeah, I mean, it was just crazy, man. I mean, when you get to know these guys, you know, does you know how it is, man? You know, people have this image of how you are or who you are, and then you get to really hang around them and, you know, see, you know, they're they're cool. They're all cool dudes, man. They're just down to earth. And, um, you know, I've never met, like, John and um, Donald. You know, usually they're kind of off to their self on tour. Yeah, the Tardy Brothers. Yeah, you know. And I just think, you know, they're just kind of that, that type of people, you know, they're, they're cool to hang out for a little bit, but you know, like I said, some people kind of want to wear out their welcome and it gets old. Right. I can understand that too, you know? So that's but, awesome. So, uh, how was this tour different than other, other small tours you might've done? I mean, mainly just the, you know, the, um, style, uh, well, I want to say size of it. I mean, we've done tours, but, you know, I've never been on a tour bus. You know, we've done everything ourselves, just like most bands. You know, sure. you get in your van or your truck and you drive and you play a show and then you go to the next show, you drive, you know. So, you know, it was nice, like, actually having a finish line every night saying, okay, once we tear down and load up, we're done. That's the you end know? of the day, yeah. It's the end of the day for us, you know. We don't have to worry about the next show, getting there, getting there safely, 
And I mean, like, you know, the extinction AD guys. I mean, these guys were driving from every fucking show. Yeah. And, you know, you got to give these guys respect, man, because, I mean, they came from, like, Long Island all the way to Florida. And then basically went all the way from Florida straight back up to New York and then oh. back down and then back up. You know, it's like, damn. That's crazy. And that's like, what, 12, 13, 14 stops along the way, finishing playing at who knows, 11, 12, 1 in the morning, hopping in the truck, driving a couple hours with no sleep. Yeah, and I know, yeah, and um, I think in Greensboro their truck had broke down because they had some brake issues. So you know, of course, we're all kind of talking to each other. Um, they were talking to Donald, and Donald's keeping us kind of okay. They're supposed to be here, like they are supposed to show up right when they play. Right. So, you know, of course, I kind of get everybody with false profit together. I was like, okay, when they get here, we need to get them right on the stage, and you know, try to help them out because you know that's. You know, that could have been us, man. I mean, we could have been that band traveling by ourselves and broke down. And so, you know, we tried to help them guys out. But, yeah, I mean, that that's probably the biggest difference, man, is just, you know, not having to worry about that final step, like getting to the next show and, you know, just shit like that. I mean. Yeah. So does that make you want to tour some more or have you had your – had your uh, fill of playing shows for a while. No, I mean, I would definitely tour some more. I mean, it's more up to what we can get paid. You know, like, you know, we got paid on this tour. It wasn't a whole lot. I mean, but it's a start. And I mean, yeah. it's maybe going to be what we can be offered and, you know, the true logistics of it. Because, you know, a lot of people don't understand how much it costs to do things. I mean, like... We're an East Coast band, so to do this tour with Obituary was fairly, you know, painless. I mean, right. we had to drive to Florida. You know, hell, we drive to Florida all the time, play shows. No big deal. But, like, if we were to do a West Coast run, I mean, you know, then we've been offered some, and we're still talking about it. But, um, you know, we're trying to figure out the logistics. Like, you know, how do we get there? How do we try, you know? And then you got to deal with, time zone difference or oh. something no we didn't you know so you're not going to be able to drive i mean you know you almost will have to hire a driver and merch person or something i mean there, there's just so much more into it man because you know you hear people kind of complain about you know prices and cost and especially fans and then but they don't realize you know that like a bus is let's just say a thousand dollars a day right and, you know, for the bands to perform the way they should, man, I mean, you got to have a driver and shit. I mean, it's just, it's hard to not do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, the business side of things, I think people, from a fan standpoint, often often don't think about. They just assume that, you know, all these big record labels just pay for all this stuff to happen. And, and maybe in some cases it's the case, but in the, in the event of, a, of working bands, you know, it's it's just not not the way it works. Yeah, and what they re- need to realize is when labels put money out, they get they're the first <laughs> ones to get back. I mean, that's kind of part of the deal too. And um, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I would love to tour again. I mean, I, I hope it's not over. I'm a, you know, like I said, we're working on shit. It's just gonna you know depend on you know what we can get paid to do this and um. Basically, it just get, gets down to the dirty issue of money. I mean, sure. You know, 
and not even from a profit standpoint as much as a is it going to cost us an arm and a leg and we go in the hole to make this happen you know it's like yeah. it's not about making a ton of money it's about covering your ass and covering your expenses just to make it happen yeah i mean you know we made a little bit of money we did okay with merch i mean you know we were competing with two good bands you know obituary of course which sure. you know they're the main they're the main draw but i mean you know we did good um you know we were selling you know two three hundred a night which you know, isn't bad um you no, know, people wasn't ignoring us, so that was a good thing. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, uh, you know, as an extra special bonus for those that were lucky enough to catch you on this tour, you offered a, a history-making exclusive token sold exclusively on this tour, the new False Profit EP, which I believe marks the first new recorded material in, what, 28, 29 years, something like that? Yeah, something like that. Oh, man. Uh, so spill the details on the new EP, self-titled, What's going on with this? Um, well, we had, uh, you know, started trying to actually do a, a bigger EP. And um, our drummer we had involved at that time kind of fell through. Um, so we had to kind of force Raymond, you know, he you know decided to come in. We kind of rushed him in here. And the only reason the EP even came out is because of this tour. You know, we, we really didn't want to go out with, you know, out having new music. Um, and you and so, I had talked about that previously, like, man, we go and play all these shows and I, I don't have, I don't have anything new to offer. So you felt the pressure on this one to have something new to offer. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's one thing to play like a one-off show here and a one-off show there, you know, like it's not as big a deal, you know, but when you're going to play, you know, 11 or 12 shows and, you know, um, you know, you need to have that there. So when people go, Oh, I like that song. Okay. Well, here's the EP buy it, you know? It's only five bucks. Um, so, you know, we did the only two recordings we had, which we had Divine and we had Prayers. Mm -hmm. um, we had Claudius Kramer do a remix of Prayers um, from Possessed. Yeah. You know, everybody knows who he is. And then we put like a three live tracks from the Massacre show in Florida. Yeah, at the Will's Pub show. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's... We, we pretty much had the artwork together for when we do the real album. This is kind of the picture you're seeing are kind of the pieces we didn't choose to do um, on the main one. So the main artwork is still hasn't been seen, but it will be, you know, similar to the, what the EP is. So people will kind of get it. Sure. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> We, we had pretty much everything ready, you know, um, Jeremy from heaven and hell, he really stepped in and like helped us out. Like he got this done in like three weeks. Oh, wow. And I mean that, so I had, as we were pulling out of the driveway, I'm trying to think, well, I think we left on a Wednesday. Um, FedEx was pulling up with a hundred CDs. <laughs> um, so like, that's how, you know, quick, you know, this went from an idea to a finished product was like three weeks. I mean, that was having everything. Um, Chris Ferguson, of course, who helps Jeremy all the time. He does all the layout and stuff. <clears throat> he busted his ass, laid everything out, designed it. So everything you see, he did. And of course, Jeremy, you know, made sure all of it came together and it looked professional and, um, you know, we we had to give them a big fucking hand on that because I just got to the point we were just overwhelmed, man. Because it's like, 
we're trying to, you know, you're, you're trying to get your gear together. You're trying to get merch and CDs and sure. You know, it, it gets overwhelming after a while, you know? So like, I, you know, I have to give a big shout out to Jeremy and Chris Ferguson and I'm at heaven and hell. So awesome. And you know, I, I remember uh, when I was at that show in, in Florida at Will's pub and, uh, it's Greg, Greg Mandigo is the guy that recorded, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was curious if there was going to be, uh, you know, material that surfaced in some form. So what was the, what was the idea behind using, you know, part of the live show as well as just pre-recorded material? I mean, we just didn't have anything, you know, more to use than that. I mean, that's all we had at our disposal. I mean, yeah. that's all the material. So, I mean, we, we, it was just, we, we had no choice. I mean, you know, I didn't want to just put out like two songs and go, here you go, man. I mean, sure. so, you know, we had the live tracks and we'd already talked to um, Greg, you know, and he, he'd already mixed a couple of tracks for us that sounded really good. Right. And I mean, they sounded really good. Yeah, I heard those. Those were, those were killer. <laughs> and um, so we picked like three that we thought were the best and um, just figure we'll just add that. I mean, because it really does I mean, because like, you know, when you start doing a CD, it really doesn't matter if you put one song or 10 songs. It's going to be this dollar, this price point, you know? Right. So it's like, you know, we might as well put as much as we can put on there that sounds good. You know, we didn't want it to sound like shit. But, <laughs> I mean, well, I, I doubt yeah. that anything was going to sound like shit, especially the recorded material, because you're working with uh, Jamie King, of course, who's legendary, yeah. especially in your neck of the woods. Um, I, I do want to ask you, though, before we talk about that recording process, the, the idea of having Claudius remix a track, how did that come into existence? Um, Actually, it's because, uh, we, um, well, we played a show at uh, Terrence Hobbs' house on the Hobbs Fest. Yeah, the Hobbs Fest. And um, we'd let him listen to the song, and he kind of brought it up to Scott, like, hey, man, you know, I'd like to do a mix of that. And we were like, oh, okay. I mean, I don't know why, but okay. <laughs> Pet project. So, it really started off with Terrence was supposed to do one, but of course they went on tour and um, we were kind of hashing around like, well, who else could do one? And Claudius was like, well, I'll do one. We're like, okay. So, and, and, and to be fair with Claudius, like he, he only had like a week to do this. Yeah. So I know he could do a better job. I mean, I, I think the mix wise, it sounds really good. I think there was some volume issues. Maybe his volume was a little lower than some of the other stuff. But I, everybody hearing it needs to know that, you know, he did this in like a week for us. You know, this wasn't something he had, you know, he didn't have all the time in the world to do it. Sure. Well, it's so pretty we, badass, though, when you think about it, you know, uh, technical specs aside, how many people get to say they have a Claudius remix on their album? I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, we just thought it'd be something cool, you know, kind of see what how Claudius would mix what we were recording. You know, kind of, you know, hear his take on it. And I, I, I really dug it. I mean, I thought it was cool as shit. I don't think I've heard of a of a of a recording where it's actually got the same song on the same media with two different mixes. That's that's definitely <laughs> unique and original. Uh, yeah, I, I can't think of another time to be honest with you. Well, that's cool. Maybe, yeah. maybe, we, maybe we did. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> False prophet blazing trails. <laughs> so, uh, so speaking of Jamie King, then I, I know that you guys, uh, you went in to work with him a little bit, uh, partially for the Cam Lee split, which is about to hit the States. Um, how was it working with him? 
it's great, man. Jamie's off, you know, really what we needed. Um, uh, I haven't worked with any, you know, you know, recording studios in a long time. And the, the studio I dealt with previously, um, you know, he's an older guy, you know, he's got money. So he, he you know, he's, he would kind of get in kicks every now, like, oh, I want to record a death metal album. Okay. okay. He talked to him. Then, you know, I wouldn't hear from him for a long time. So, um, you know, of course, go to Facebook. Hey, man, who would who would my, you know, friends and bands, who would you recommend to record with? I um, remember that post. And um, Jamie King himself actually came on there. He said, I would love to do you guys. I was like, okay, I mean, cool. And, um... It was cool that he actually wanted to do it, not just I want to make money to do it. Sure. Um, you know, you can't buy the maybe compassion is the word or not compassion, but the excitement. You know, he was actually excited about recording False Prophet, which I was like, I don't you know, I was like, I don't know why. I mean, but well, I, well, it, I, I talked to him a few months back and I specifically asked him about that and he was fucking stoked. I mean, he was that made his day. He was really fucking excited to work with you guys. So I thought that was super cool. Yeah. And I mean, you can't pay money for that enthusiasm. Like when somebody really wants to do something instead of just get paid, you know, well, it's my job. This is what I do. You know, Jamie was like genuinely excited and I, I thought that was cool as shit. And, um, you know, I never worked with Jamie, so I didn't know what to expect, but I mean, I was happy. Ja you know, Jamie's got that kind of, um, he definitely has that old school and new school vibe. Like right. he, he, like he gets it. And, um, cause like, you know, like when it came down to like click tracks and shit, you know, our drummer at the time was wanting click tracks and Jamie was like, why don't y'all just play the songs? Just play them. I'll go back and edit all that shit. Play them how, you know, play it. And I knew I was going to like him from that moment on because, you know, I've never, you know, I've, never done click tracks and play to him like you know i think you should play the song you know how it is you know it, it so did, your, did your recordings were they basically live recordings like old school style where you guys all basically just jammed out the song and he recorded the performance yep oh that's fucking sick so basically what we did was you know we of course we recorded everything at one time and that would you know to lay the back drum tracks down right and then you know we would go back and then just play along with the live drum tracks. And, and basically that's how we did it back in the day. I mean, you know, most of the time, I mean, Sign of the Cross, that was like a true live recording. We recorded everything at one time. Um, but like, you know, Second Death was more like this. You know, we would go in as a band, play together, record the drum tracks, and then go back in, do guitars, bass, vocals, so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, that's how Jamie did it. And so he, he gets it, man. Like, he he can do all that shit, you know. I'm, and I, I like that. You know, I like that he, he just suggested, hey, just play the song, man. We'll see how it feels. And, you know. and um, Plus, it doesn't lock you into insane amounts of studio time to record, you know, track by track by track by track by track if you've got the yeah, basics already down. And I mean, you know. Like, I've never been one. Like, I'm not into the click track stuff. I mean, I would just rather play the song, and then whatever tempo you play it at, that's what you play it at. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, 
I don't want to have to like be focused on how fast I'm playing. Just play it. I mean, you know, because sometimes you, it's more of a pain in the ass to, you know, play along to a click and keep in time instead of just letting your body do what you feel comfortable in at that moment. I mean, but yeah, yeah Jamie, he did an amazing job, man. He, he, you know, he made everybody feel comfortable and, um, he, he, you know, was not overly like he, he didn't try to force anything on uh, force us to do anything we didn't want to do. He wasn't overly producery. No, but he, you know, he had ideas and he would, you know, let's try this, you know, and so so he was he was cool with trying different things and that was awesome, uh, especially when it came to the vocals because the vocals kind of came across as an accident, really. Um. But yeah, he 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 had you know great ideas without you know pushing his wheel on us, so it doesn't sound like Jamie King. It still sounded like false prophet. Yeah, I remember when you played me that track uh, in that rental truck that you guys had. Which also, I remember you guys trying to figure out how to work that fucking MP3 player in that thing. It was like, how many musicians does it take to figure out an MP3 player? But uh, you were really excited. You were like, dude, check out these vocals. And and you were super proud of that. And I remember thinking that that's really cool to have that level of excitement about a project. And uh, it had probably been a long time since you'd felt that way, I assume. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean... I'd been listening to like the possessed stuff, like the newer vocals, and they wasn't like quite as, you know, in the death metal, everybody's doing just the garbage can, real deep vocals. <laughs> I mean, it's not real deep, but they're clean. And that came about me and him trying different microphones and shit. And I like, I really wasn't singing the way I normally was. I was just kind of going through it. And I'd listen, and we did a playback just listening to the mics. And I kind of like, I was like, He's like, you like that? And I was like, I do. And I was like, I also like the vocals. Like, I didn't go overly deep and where they're, you know, unintelligible or whatever. And um, I was just kind of digging that vibe at the time. I don't know if that's something I'll stick with. But, you know, for those songs, I, I thought it sounded pretty cool. I mean. Yeah, no, it sounded great. And, again, I like the fact that you were super excited about it. And uh, that, I, I, that made me feel really awesome. Like, there's some cool shit coming down the road from False Prophet. I promise you that. So... Well, let's check out one of those new songs right now. This one is called Prayers of Emptiness.
Well, now that the uh, the EP is done and you've done some work in the studio, are there more tracks you guys have already recorded? I mean, it's been put out there that you guys are still working on new material. Um, where are you at with that right now? No, that's it. Everything you've heard is released. I mean, um, we did that with our previous drummer, so um, we won't. Um, everything else now we'll probably redo, and we'll probably actually redo the tracks that are out there now with Raymond. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, continue to write. Um, as far as recording, I don't know exactly how we're going to do this. Because, you know, he lives in Florida. We're here. Jamie's here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely like for him to go into the studio. I, I, I really like the way Jamie did the drums. I mean, of course, Jamie is a drummer. Right, yeah. And he, he makes the drum sound incredible and, and he makes it and he makes it look easy as fuck. It's like he's dicking around and all of a sudden your drum sound. <laughs> I mean, we're, de- we're definitely going back to Jamie. Like, there's no doubt about that. It's more going to be like, how are we going to do it? Like, I mean, I've got um, logics and stuff and I can record, you know, we, we, we're all using kippers. Like, you know, right. there's no secrets to our tone, man. We're using kippers and direct, you know, just recording direct. I think Jamie, he puts a little twist on it to make it sound a little different. And, uh, well, and he has his own Kemper profiles too, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we gave him our amps, um, to actually do profiles with too. So, um, he actually has our real heads that we would carry out, um, profiled also. Oh, and that's, uh, that's really cool because that from a, from a performance standpoint, you get as close as possible to the recording tone that you do for a live show and vice versa. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So, um, I I don't know how we're going to move forward, forward with it, but we definitely will. Um, and of course it would be nice if Raymond lived here and we could practice once a week or, and of course we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I hate even saying anything anymore because every time I say something, something <laughs> pops up. I mean, because we were supposed to start recording actually this December because, you know, we didn't have anything planned and then the obituary thing popped off. And, right. Um, but, I mean, I've got, you know, I've got a lot of lyrics written. Um, the music will have to come next. I, I mean, we, I've got a few songs I've started on that we need to finish. So there's mater- there's material, but maybe it's just not not ready to go yet. Yeah, it's not ready to record yet. Um, and like I said, we're just gonna have to like kind of cross that bridge when we get there. I mean, it's probably gonna be, you know, us recording stuff in the practice hall and you know emailing it to Raymond and then him putting what he wants to do. And then with Jamie, I guess what we're gonna have to do now is just you know when we record now, we're just about to come in and stay there all day, man, and just record as many drum tracks as we can. Um, cause I mean, I live close by. So like, I mean, Jamie's, you know, he usually has some weeknights open so I can, you know, I can go there on a weeknight and just go through my tracks or, um, try to do it at home and just send them to him and let him, you know, work his magic, make it sound like it's supposed to. And it's, yeah, all that's up in the air, man. It's just, sure. Well, you know, you guys have uh, been doing a lot of stuff. And, and the last time I, I spoke with you, you'd mentioned, you know, anytime you have to replace a member, it kind of sets you back. But this kind of reunion with Ray doesn't seem like it's really set you guys back that far. You're moving forward pretty quick. 
I mean, it has it on the live part, but, um, you know, on the recording part, it has because, you know, we'd already been working with the previous drummer and um, he knew the stuff. We were already playing actually songs that we haven't recorded yet. Um, and when that kind of went to hell, you know, it's just, it, there's always a setback. Sure. It's somewhat, somehow, you know, I mean, I know it doesn't look like when you go out, you know, when you lose a drummer and you have one come in, the next thing you know, you're on tour. It doesn't look like you <laughs> Sure. You know. But is it, it exactly it, how you want it? You know, it's one thing from an audience perspective, but, you know, from an internal standpoint, you've probably got quite a bit of uh, points that you want to you wanna hit with people. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think it all work out, man. I mean, I think, you know, I have a gr- good group of people around me right now. Um, if Raymond works out and can, you know, manage the long distance thing sure. and we manage it, you know, I mean, we've got Scott in the band who's a you know great guitar player. Uh, he's a good guy. You know, he's always networking and, um, yeah, that, that guy works got, tirelessly for sure. Yeah. And I mean, we got Craig, man, he came in, he's a monster of a bass player. He's a good guy all around. Um, you know, like he gets along with people, you know, on the stage, off the stage. And I mean, and, and, you know, like people that haven't been in bands don't understand, you know, you can't just have like these phenomenal players, then assholes off the stage, you know, right? (laughs) you have to be able to get along with other bands. I mean, just like this with obituary, like, you know, we could have been a bunch of dickheads and they could have said, you know what? I will never go on the road with these motherfuckers again. (laughs) a lot of bands have those members, you know, a certain member that's a pain in the ass and people know it and they don't want to work with them. And, um, right. So, you know, Craig, he's a good fit all the way around, man. And Raymond, he's a good dude, man. He's a solid drummer. Um, he just had to come in, you know, pretty much after, you know, not playing for like five years and like play at a level that he used to. Right. And this is this Ray was the Ray was your second drummer from back in the day, right? Yeah, I mean he was. I mean I pretty much call him one of our original drummers. And the mm-hmm. reason being, like you know, like when we when we first started, you know, people that know our history, you know, we were a thrash band, right? Um, because at that time, you know, there were no death metal players. I mean, I could barely get people to play a Megadeth cover, much less you know, goddamn a Dark Angel or fucking something you know heavier right so you know like i kind of played what i could get people to play which was more of the thrash you know thrash was you know a little bit more acceptable and it really was until we got raymond in the band that we kind of started that death metal vibe you know the blast beats the um you know the heavier faster um drum parts and shit and you know, which Raymond's still a good thrash type drummer, but he's just kind of got that more death metal style. Yeah. So, you know, he, he kind of, I mean, like he was really the one that helped, helped me write most of the second death stuff. Um, before Tim ever came back the second time before we recorded second death, um, you know, I was writing second death and, um, Satan's name and a lot of the songs on there. So, he actually wrote a lot of them songs. He just never performed on them. Huh. So there's some history for you folks right there. <laughs> so I know that you, you, uh, 
you'd posted when when you lost Matt, and so did Ray reach out to you, or did you reach out to him? I'd kind of been talking to him, man, off and on. Um, we just had some issues with Matt um, early on, and um, actually to the point I told him we'll just finish th- this, and you can go on. Sure. And that's when I should have ended that whole ordeal with us. And, um, but he didn't want to quit at that time. He was like, no. He said, uh, you know, I'll, I'll work on my attitude and stuff. And we were like, okay. But so I'd been talking to Raymond like, hey, man, you know, is there any, you know, would you be interested? I mean, I mean, I would love to have somebody live here and play. It makes our, makes our life easier. Right. I mean, you know, of course. So, like, for us, just to play a local show here, you know, Raymond has to drive eight hours. <laughs> Damn. So, you know, it's not like when we all lived here, you know, we all had members that were here. You know, if if, if a national came through and they needed a, an, an opener, you know, we could, oh, sure, we'll do it. You know, it's across town. You know, and that kind of changes the logistics of everything with us now. Um. So I had been talking to him about it and, you know, just kind of put the word out there that, you know, I, don't, I didn't think Matt was going to make it. Um, and he, you know, kind of voiced his concern and we talked and talked. And um, finally he kind of agreed to do it. And that's when, you know, we were about done with dealing with Matt and his attitude. And um, it's fair, it's just time to move on, man. It just... So you and Ray had had stayed in contact over the years then? Yeah, I mean, me and him talk, you know, he kind of, I know there for a while he kind of got off Facebook and shit, and I didn't hear from him for a while. I think I tried calling him one time, and his number had been disconnected, and we kind of hooked back up, and, you know, I tried to stay in touch with him and shit. I I mean, we've known each other forever, man, and we've had our issues in the past, I mean, but, um, it, 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 it just seems like it's so hard to find a good solid drummer <laughs> that has their head on their shoulders, man. It's like, uh, it's, uh, I don't, I, it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's awesome to see uh, you guys kind of reunite and, and profit I think is definitely on an awesome trajectory. So coming up uh, later on this month, of course, you kind of touched on it earlier, but you've got this epic show with monstrosity. That's kind of been in the works for a while, had a, originally was supposed to be you know happen a few months back and for whatever reason it i don't know promotion wise it, it fell through um so now it's rescheduled for the 25th you guys looking forward to that one? Oh yeah i mean anytime you play with monstrosity man that'll be a cool show um you know we got to play with uh lee um with terrorizer so that was cool we played yeah. with him so you know i get to play with lee uh playing guitar and drums so i thought you know that was pretty cool man um actually a uh, Lee was with uh, Obituary when we played with him in Chapel Hill. And um, he came up to me after we played. And he's, you know, false prophet. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, man, we used to send tapes and stuff back together, you know, back and forth. And I was like, and when he was talking to me, I didn't recognize, like, for some reason, like, I just didn't put him in that scene, like, with Obituary. Like, and I'm like, who the hell is this? I can't. <laughs> and I'm looking at him, man, and I'm like, Damn, he looks fucking familiar. And finally, I was like, that's goddamn Lee Harrison, motherfucker. I was like, (laughs) 
So I went to Ken from obituary because Lee went on the bus. I was like, hey, man. And I told him the situation. I was like, tell Lee I'm sorry I didn't recognize him. And um, later on, I ran into him, and we talked a, a bit longer, and I told him the situation. I was like, dude, I just, for some reason, he was filling in for Donald on obituary, and for some reason, like, that just never registered in my head that, like, Lee would be filling in in, a, in obituary. And um, so, like, it, it, he was just super cool about it, man, and we talked about the tape trade and kind of shit going on, and um, it, it's just cool to see, you know, guys like that, you know, that kind of remembered us and still cool as shit, and he was cool as shit at the Nile show with Terrorizer, which I never got to see Terrorizer live, so I, I you know, I was going to be there whether – we were playing it or not, and um, and it's definitely gonna be you know cool to share the stage with Monstrosity, man. I mean, we've we've got to share the stage with a lot of awesome bands this year, man, and it's it's just cool. Yeah, awesome. So, what should we what should we expect from False Prophet in 2020? Do you guys have any major plans? Man, honestly, we don't. We're just we're we're always pushing for something. I mean, we're always working on something, shows, tours, whatever. But you know the industry. Shit, shit happens. Shit doesn't happen. Yeah, um, it either happens at the drop of a dime with no it, notice, or your plans that you've worked on the whole year just fucking fall through the cracks. I mean, you know, I would love to see like a West Coast tour happen. Fuck yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I would, you know, I would even have loved, you know, like this the Possess run that's going out now. I would right. love to get on that on the East Coast. I mean, anything with Possessed, I would love to play. Um, you know, just what in the cards for us. Um, you know, what I would like to see is a 70,000 tons, uh, false profit, uh, on that would be killer. I would love to, man. And this, this year would be awesome, man. Cause I mean, everybody we know is getting that. I mean, suffocations on there. Incantation just got announced. Uh, fuck. Um, there's so many bands, good bands on there this year. I can't remember them all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we would definitely love to do that. I mean, you know, that would be like a no-brainer. We're there, um, and we've tried to talk, you know, talk to the people, and we have actually people pushing for us to do yeah. it. I mean, you know, I guess it's just getting, you know, your ear, you know, your name in the right ear, and, you know, you know how it goes, man. Yeah, just, for sure. You know, right people, and right place at the right time man sure well i would say that you know this year i think there's uh there's a lot of stuff a lot of possibilities for you guys i see a lot of shows being played hopefully you guys can kind of uh square down some more studio time and get some new material at least recorded in the books but uh i'm really excited for what you guys uh, are working towards and i'm really excited to to get my hands on of course the new ep and uh that's going to be that's going to be kind of a occupying regular rotation on my side. I do want to ask you real quick. I forgot. Um, so the Lucifer experiment, did that, that not make it on the EP? It did not. No. Okay. You just weren't happy with it or was it just a time thing? Uh, just a time thing. I mean, we had, we had already started playing that song with Matt. We'd actually played it out live. Right. Um, you know, that probably would have been the next one we would have done, um, in the studio. But since all that went bad, you know, it's just, now we've got to get Raymond to learn that and, you know, put his spin on it. Sure. And, well, there you go. But, there's, there's one track off the new album right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we have that one and a few others and it's just, you know, 
that just goes back to having to backtrack when you lose members or sure. uh, when you can't get somebody who wants to hang in there. <laughs> there you go. Commitments are a big thing, right? So, uh, yeah. Well, of course, anytime you guys have new projects that you want to talk about, you've got a home here on Misery Point Radio. And I always, uh, you can count on me for support. I'm always there for you guys. And anytime you need something, you, uh, you let me know and we'll pimp your shit here on the old radio. And a happy almost birthday, by the way. You got one coming up in a couple of days. Yep. I'll be 50. <laughs> old as fuck. Old as fuck. I'm right behind you, so, you know, you're not that old. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Ray, False Prophet. Thanks again, brother. I appreciate it, man. Always awesome to have the Prophet dudes here on the show. And I'm sure it won't be the last time, as there is plenty of stuff coming out from the profit camp in the near future to keep you excited definitely if you get a chance to get your hand on that new ep i promise you won't be disappointed the two new songs are awesome the live recordings from will's pub are awesome and what's coming out down the road from false prophet will no doubt be awesome and speaking of awesome that's you guys thanks for hanging out with me on misery point radio for this last year and some change I appreciate all the support, so uh, do me the solid, like the pages, share the pages, subscribe to the show, and also keep your eyes peeled on the YouTube channel. Right now, I don't do a whole lot with it, but if you head on over to YouTube, subscribe to it, you can listen to the show on YouTube, and coming soon, we're going to be doing streaming, lots of live stuff, some full video coming your way over the next couple of months. So make sure you don't miss out on any of that awesomeness by being ready for it when it releases. So subscribe to the show on YouTube. I would definitely appreciate it. And now, closing out the show, one more song from False Prophet. This one is called Divine. Darkness embraces 